This is the Untenable Podcast. Queer points of view, solution-oriented rants, and contemplations about morality in a world that seems unfair, unjust, and simply untenable. I'm your host, Darren Steele. I'm a thinker, writer, and a coach for queer changemakers and creatives. Today's episode is a off-the-cuff discussion, and I'm calling it Be Careful What You Think, How Your Thoughts About the Future Shape Your Reality, and Why Our Understanding of the Brain and Neuroscience Can Be Applied to Queer and Trans Advocacy. Now, the quick summary of this episode is based on an article by Samantha Boardman on their substack called The Dose, and the article's called How Our Minds Shape Reality. So the very shortest synopsis of this article is, if we always think negative thoughts, we're going to focus on finding and expecting negative outcomes. I just, that sort of leaped off the page or that idea leaped off the page when I was reading the article and it there was no connection or rather no direct comment in the article about queer and trans advocacy or human rights or any of that. But it made me think about how I think. It made me think about a lot of headlines that I read in the news and the way maybe people talk about the future as a queer and a trans person. And it is really difficult right now to not hold a negative future view of how things are going to be. So I was going to share this story at the end, but I think I'm going to bump it right up to the front to make the point through the story and then just walk through and highlight a couple of uh, points that are raised in this article and circle it back just to help you think through how are you possibly maybe thinking about the future and what it holds for your freedoms, your rights, and ability to live without fear of prejudice um, or physical harm or loss of rights. So since my partner and I adopted our dog last August, Scooby, as a rescue and knowing that he had some emotional conditioning issues, namely, at first we thought he was reactive to other dogs. Oh, the thing is, he's actually really quite aggressive. We've not been able to let him off leash. And it it has been and continues to be, even though it's become far more common and we're more used to it, it isn't always very relaxing taking him out on a walk. At home with other people, he's the sweetest dog. He's so playful. He's so loved. He just wants to be good. But if you cross that threshold, it is an immediate like snap of the finger. He will want to lunge and go right straight into attacking another dog and the one time that he accidentally got out of our hands, he did bite another dog. So that has created an idea, a future possible expectation of what we think will happen. 
So I go out for a walk. I'm always looking 360 degrees around me. I'm paying attention. Is there somebody walking up behind me with a dog? If I'm walking along the side of a building and I'm going to turn left, can I be out in front of my dog to make sure that there's no dog coming in front of us? Because I have to make sure I limit the distance that Scooby has between another dog. And there's always this thought in my head, this story that I expect that there's going to be an altercation. That's not a great future expectation. And the same thing can happen to how we think about what we see in the world. Now, if we're always doom scrolling, if we're always looking at the negative news about what's happening in the United States, what's happening in Uganda, what's happening in other parts of the world, even in Canada, where, you know, I just don't trust the federal conservatives to stand up and protect our rights. It is human nature and easy for us to think that the future is going to be practically apocalyptic apocalyptic, uh, for so many reasons, but does that help us when we are advocating for our rights? That is the question that really came to mind. And the article I'm referring to is not that long of a read. It's probably only six, maybe 700 words. It's worth reading. And I might highlight just a few points, but If we always think, if we expect that things are going to get worse, how does that influence the way in which we protest, in which we do advocacy for our rights? On the one hand, okay, yes, it could be the driver. It could be the impetus to make people stand up and say, enough, enough. But here's a fine distinction. When people stand up and say enough, it's because what's happening now is enough. Not necessarily what's happening in the future, but what's happening now is becoming so untenable, so uncomfortable, so unacceptable that they finally get off their asses if they've been sitting on the fence or if they've been unwilling or if they've been thinking, this is not my problem. They finally get off the fence and take action because if they don't, And this is the subtlety. If they don't, the expectation for a future reality is going to suck. But I'm thinking on a day-to-day basis, those of us who might be working in various areas to support 2SLGBTQIA plus individuals or who are working in advocacy for human rights, how are our choices affected if we are always looking ahead with a negative expectation of the future? So let me just make a couple of sentence stems here where I'll say a sentence, but it's not going to be a complete sentence. And I want you to I'll say think, but I also want you to notice how you feel. 
because our expectations change our behaviors and even our physiology. And this is what this article refers to, the neuroscience that shows that what we think is going to happen in the future will change how we act in the now. And if we continuously repeat some of those actions, they can become habituated. They can become behaviors and routines. And they can also affect our physiology. If you're always feeling afraid, if you're always feeling angry, if you're always feeling negative about the future, how do you think that makes you feel? How do you think that affects your immune system? So listen to these sentences and just notice how you feel. The world is coming to an end. I'm going to get fired. I know it. Things in the United States for queer and trans people are only getting worse. So how do you feel inside your body when you start to imagine and envision those realities as being possible future truths. The interesting thing in this article is that there are what's discussed are the four types of behavior that people turn to when they are trying to deal with the the stressors of what they think is going to happen. And briefly, it's problem analysis, plan rehearsal, stagnant deliberation, and outcome fantasy. So I'll just read the brief description directly from the article. Problem analysis is actively contemplating the causes and meaning of the future stressor. That makes kind of sense, right? It almost seems very neutral. So problem analysis. So like, okay, so what's happening right now? We see these things happening with queer and trans rights in the United States. We see the the horrors that are happening against people that are queer and trans in Uganda. And let's think about, you know, what are the causes and the meanings associated with thinking about uh, a negative future? How does that stress me out? So I'm very consciously thinking about what's reality now and what's that how is that affecting how i'm thinking about the future plan rehearsal as one of the behaviors to deal with upcoming stress is the envisioning of the steps required to solve the anticipated stressor this is the one i think is the most proficient uh and the the best one for anyone who's an into advocacy, or wants to participate in any kind of protest. You have to envision the steps required to solve the anticipated stressor. To simply say, love is love, or enough is enough, (laughs) that's, they're blanket statements that have very little meaning. We, We know what they mean in the larger sense of the word, but what does love is love tell you to do, right? It's not enough. Really effective advocacy requires us to think about the ideal future we want and the situation we're in now and what are the possible outcomes, the good and the bad, and what are the steps we would need to take to solve the anticipated stressor. 
to get the outcome that we would most want, which in my mind is the most human hearted, the most respectful of human dignity and the oneness that all of humanity shares. The other two, of course, stagnant deliberation outcome fantasy, these are the ones that keep us trapped in the negative future outcome prediction. So stagnant deliberation is dwelling on the upcoming stress, but not finding any solutions. Constantly thinking it's only going to get worse. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my rights. Oh my God, this is not going to get any better. Oh my God, Trump is going to become president. And all you're doing is you're creating this vicious cycle of a negative future and you're starting to think. And the way in which you think can affect your physiology because the way in which we think about something that hasn't happened yet can cause anxiety. It can cause us to think through to the point that our feelings move us to have the kind of primal drive emotions like depression or fear. And then outcome fantasy is daydreaming and fantasizing about desired outcomes. Daydreaming and fantasizing, you could be daydreaming and fantasizing about a wonderful future just as much as you could be about a negative future, but there's no action to affect change. It is only creating the vision in your mind about what that reality would look like. To me, that's not dissimilar to what people think are good about affirmations. I'm like, I'm beautiful and successful. I have this much money. It's like, that's fine. You can think that way, but it doesn't take you anywhere without the appropriate and connected action. So to wrap this all up, I really believe and I know from the work that I do with clients as a coach, from what I've studied uh, about neuroscience and how we can create new habits and actions and how we can use and better understand how we think to create a better future and how this can apply to more effective queer and trans advocacy. Yes, this, this can just make your own personal life better, right? Is that we must hold on to the belief of a, best, of a better future. We must hold on to the belief of a better future with greater freedoms, understanding, unalienable human rights, and, and so on. Because if we only focus on what's wrong in the present, and if we project that what's wrong into the future, the narratives, the stories we use, and the advocacy we promote will I believe, create that negative future, not just in our thinking, but in our approach and expectations. In other words, we may wind up fighting for the, for the very thing we don't want to see, but ultimately, we will be co-creating it, giving it life by fighting against it in the future. So instead of fighting against the negative outcome in the future, we need to fight for what it is we want to see 
what it is we want to experience in the future, the way in which we want to feel in the future. And that starts with how we feel about those things this moment now. Thanks for listening. This has been Untenable with Darren Steele.